Okay, welcome into another edition of the Maze and Brew podcast here from a candlelit, I should say, Maze and Brew HQ. I am your host tonight, Anthony Broom. Tonight, today, whenever you're listening. Uh, Chris and Luke are not here today. We decided to take a week off from the Brewcast. Uh, we will be doing a live stream on Thursday for the NFL Draft with... And this is breaking news. You're getting breaking news right off the bat today here on the Mason Brew Podcast. We will be doing the live stream on our YouTube and our Twitch channels with a charity aspect added to it uh, that goes to our friends over at Chad Tough. So hopefully you guys will uh, check that out. I'll have more details on that later in the show. But this week uh, for our Monday into Tuesday show, it's just going to be me here. And I went to our Discord, which you guys need to sign up over there, get on there. It's totally free. It's basically like a message board uh, for like-minded Michigan fans, or some not so like-minded. Uh, you know, taking the... We like to take our conversations off-platform, sometimes off Twitter, off Facebook, definitely off Facebook, off of the website. Um, it, it's it's our little safe space, so to speak. We don't We don't allow much bullshit in there, so... Definitely check into that. But I, I asked those guys over there for some questions. I got one question from the Maze and Brew Twitter account. So this won't be a long show, uh, and it will mostly, I'm guessing, be football-related. A lot of these I've looked over. Yeah, they're all football. So there might have been a basketball one uh, snuck in there. But So we're just going to hop right into it here. Uh, this is from Ryan G. Will, and he asks, What do you currently think is the weakest slash most worrying position for Michigan. Conversely, what is the strongest? I'll start with the weakest. I mean, to me, it's probably... Whew, that's a loaded question. Because we here's the thing, right? They were so bad last year that you could go to any position group and, and be concerned. How about this? I'll give you one on each side of the ball. For me, I think I'm most concerned about the tight end room because... It seems like the best tight end you have has hands made out of two hands made out of cast iron skillets. Eric All has had troubles catching the ball. I know they they think Luke uh, Schoonmaker can can do some things there. Matthew Hibner is someone that um, the staff has spoken about before as an ascending player. It's kind of crazy that, and I know the offense has changed and and the responsibilities have changed. But the tight end was such like like think about the tight ends right off the bat when Jim Harbaugh got here. Jake Butt, Zach Gentry. I'm missing some. Sean McEwen. There have been some good tight ends here, and they've been used. But Nick Eubanks, a guy who I, I think will, if not get drafted, definitely be on an NFL roster by the end of the weekend, was good but underused, and they haven't used the tight ends a ton over the last few years. Um, so I don't know. That's to me on offense. I know people have questions about quarterback, wide receiver, offensive line. I mean, there are questions all over this roster because they were so bad last year, honestly. So that would be it for on offense for me. On defense, you know, you think you have the guys at defensive tackle, right, with Chris Hinton, Mozzie Smith, but I'm, I'm waiting for those guys to step forward and be dudes and be you know, starters that make a big impact on this team. Linebacker, I think they're going to find a way to be okay there. I like the linebackers they brought in. 
the cornerback room is is a concern to me because I think the guys that you've brought in or the guys that are project to fill some of those roles, you know, they were three star recruits, and we know, and that's no, we've seen those guys develop into big time all you know all Big Ten caliber type of players before. But when your whole position group is made of that, and I know they're waiting on guys like Andre Seldon and, and Darian Green Warren and players like that. I mean, cornerback to me, that's a big question right now. And I think they have their work cut out for them back there. So I would say for me, it's a combination between uh, tight end on offense and cornerbacks on defense. So this is another one from Discord. This is from Venom22. It says, how good do you think Andrew Stuber is? He was an injury away from being a starter over Mayfield, who's going to be drafted on Friday. It could be Thursday, but he's right. It's probably Friday. Um, I think Andrew Stuber is good. I'm not sure. I know that he's one of he's one of your best five. I know he'll be in that grouping, whether it's at guard or, or right tackle. I, I tend to believe, you know, I I, I like having that size inside. There was the Ohio State offensive line a couple years ago that went like 6'7", 6'7", 6'5", across the middle of their offensive line. I think I like him a little bit better at guard. And then you put a guy like, uh, you have Ryan Hayes at left tackle, Carson Barnhart at uh, at right tackle. I, I don't know. It's tough to say because I have a complicated outlook on what Ed Warner did for Michigan. Now, on one hand, four of the five starters from the offensive line two years ago or on NFL rosters. The fifth starter in Jalen Mayfield will be on an NFL roster by the end of this weekend. So, like, he squeezed every little drop out of those guys. But outside of Cesar Ruiz, I mean, I feel like those there was a little bit um, consistently consistency-wise uh, to be desired. So, especially with a guy like Michael Onwenu, who was up and down at Michigan, but then he goes to the Patriots. And literally, go check Pro Football Focus, arguably the best rookie in the league. And those type of guys aren't going to get the rookie of the league honors from from the NFL. But he was incredible last year as a rookie in New England. So um, how good is Stuber? All I can say about that is I think he's good enough to be in your in your top five, in your configuration of the best five guys. I will say this. Outside of Ryan Hayes, who I think to me, former tight end, like he's a he to me, he is a left tackle. Everyone else on that offensive line or every other spot that can be filled, there is some positional versatility there. Maybe not so much with a guy like Chuck Filiaga, but uh, everyone else, like they're talking about Zach Zinter playing center. He can play guard. Carson Barnhart can pl- probably play tackle or guard. Um, you know, Andrew Vistardis is a center. There, there are guys who can make an impact in multiple spots. So, And this is where it's a little more difficult with offensive line, too, is that offensive like you want your best five guys out there, but if your five most talented players don't have the chemistry, it's, and chemistry is a big thing, too. So you got to strike a balance between your five best and the five guys that are, are tied most together, which you know the chemistry comes from, and it's not... You know, it's not, I like this guy playing next to me. And part of that's it. I mean, that's football's the brotherhood and things like that. But chemistry comes from repping together for a long time. 
And that's why that offensive line was really good a couple of years ago. Those guys had played together for at least two or three years. You know, your Ben Bredesen's, your Michael Unwinnings, your Cesar Ruiz. That's my biggest concern about continuing to rotate guys in and out is that, yeah, you might feel good about your depth, but you don't. And this really, this honestly, this goes to every position. This is the running backs. This is the wide receivers. When you, if you have a bunch of guys that you rotate in and out, but you don't have the guy or the group of guys, you kind of get a scattered brained operation like we've seen the last few years. So we'll see what happens with all of that. Uh, This is also from Discord. Uh, Nice pun here from Rich also on Discord. Who do you expect to take the biggest leap forward on the defense with a scheme and opportunity shift? I think here's your. I think that David Ojabo is going to be a really good football player, and I think that they're going to kind of similar to a Josh Uche role, kind of that hybrid pass rusher. I know there's talk that maybe Aiden Hutchinson can drop back and rush from the linebacker position too. I'd love to see that because from. I think he is a first-round talent, and if he can showcase that, um, he's a scheme-versatile prospect, and he stays healthy, I think that that will be a guy we talk about as a first-round pick next year. But David Ojabo, to me, I kind of thought he would turn it on last year. Nobody turned it on last year. Um, I think that this is going to be an aggressive... They're not going to stop being aggressive. Uh, So there are some tenets from the Don Brown mentality that will stay there, and that's why... That's why Jim went and hired guys from the Ravens to do this thing because the Ravens are aggressive and bring pressure from everywhere too. But uh, it is a scheme. It, it made a totally different scheme. Started from scratch in the spring football. Like we get that. So I think it's gonna be David Ojabo, uh, Daxton Hill. I'm waiting for. He's another guy I think could be one of those round one guys next year if he comes out. You know, I he can play it. He can play safety. He can play in the slot. He could play cornerback. I really would just like to see them unleash him kind of a little bit this year too. So it's all going to be about opportunity. It's going to be about who seizes those opportunities. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. There's a lot to sort out there right now. And this is what sucks. And here's a little bit of a tangent city deal here. Um, I don't mind that they didn't. And I've talked about this on the podcast before with Luke, Luke and Chris. I don't mind that spring practice and spring football was kind of low-key, that they were in the submarine this year. Because, honestly, there's nothing you can take out of that anyways. It, it's it's super vanilla. It's super basic. A lot of times, some of the best players don't even play in the spring game or the open practice, whatever you want to call it. But I also, and I have no reservations about saying this, it is a candy-ass move to not even attempt to... You know, you tweet out your little 120 seconds of highlights via Twitter, and that's it. I think that's weak. You know, this is a Michigan found a way to stream. Didn't find a way. Like they're one of the most lucrative and um, athletic departments in the country. Found a way to stream the Senior Night celebration and the. The Big Ten Championship, all that stuff that happened when uh, Michigan Hoops won the Big Ten title this year, the men's hoops team. You mean to tell me you couldn't get a couple, couple, a uh, couple cameras out there and just throw a live stream up? I just, I think it's weak. I think it's weak. I think there's, 
the lack of buzz right now, I think, is hurting them more than helping them. Because what a lack of buzz does is is we know how, how kind of toxic things are right now, at least in the fan base. When you don't have that information out there, it creates... To choose my words carefully here. It just creates a scenario where um, the slinging of the, the bullshit and the negative, negativity, like people feel like they're justified to continue doing that because there's no information out there to the contrary. But on the other hand, if there was this positive buzz and so-and-so's having a good camp, people would uh, poo-poo it anyways. So this is disappointing. Um, God, I mean, these are all football questions. I'm struggling to even get... I, I, I get it. If you're burned out on this program right now, I totally get it. You're totally justified in feeling that way. So, But we will move forward. Oh, I do have a basketball question here. This one is from Cameron570 on Discord. Why do you think Franz is taking so long to decide what he wants to do? Usually a player of his caliber would have just declared by now. Also, who do you think is poised for the biggest second-year leap? Okay, so let's take this first question apart first. I think that Franz will go to the NBA. I don't think that it's going to be... I don't think... I don't think he's really waffling on that right now. You got to realize this, uh, and someone can educate educate me. Someone can angrily tweet at me. Someone can email me, as people are one to do. I don't have a ton of guys declared for the draft so far. At least the college guys. I I, I can't. I mean, I watch ESPN and I'm on the internet all day. It's my job, and I just I don't know a ton of outside of the obvious guys that have declared yet. I mean, here's what you need to realize, especially for a guy like Franz. First of all, uh, I don't know if he's, I mean, there have been finals and stuff going on on campus and, and things like that. I don't know if he's going back to Germany. I don't know what his process has been like. But Franz is a guy who, you know, think about it this way. I think that how that season, and this is not, again, I'm not inside his head. I don't have any inside info. I do think that the way that season ended weighed pretty heavily on him, especially given how he played in that last game. And you add in the fact that you just spent a month in Indianapolis, which I hear is a lovely city. I'd love to go, but you know, Michigan, uh, Michigan athletics has, or Michigan football would usually necessitate that trip, and it hasn't happened yet. Here it's a lovely city, but... I don't even know if a lot of people in Indianapolis would want to spend a whole month there. Um, at least bubbled in a hotel. That's no disrespect to Indy. Like I said, I hear it's great. You spent in this firefest bubble for the NCAA tournament, Big Ten tournament. You sacrificed so much this year. I mean, the season. Um, think about what Michigan went through this season. You're shut down for three weeks. You lose Isaiah. I think it was a pretty mentally taxing year. And even... God, even it's as I sit here and record this, we're what three weeks removed from that game, in less than a month. It, uh, I think there's a lot of palate cleansing going on, and and when you look at the fact that Michigan is kind of hitting, they're they're hitting the transfer portal right now. They're looking at guards, they're looking at guys to come in. Um, it's only Ben guards right now, as far as I know. There's the scholarship allotment for next year is currently full. Um, 
I don't think they would be actively pursuing. And again, but and again, it's, we're kind of in an age of college free agency here. I don't think they would be actively pursuing these transfer guards that they're in on. The guy from Coastal Carolina and uh, the Georgia guard, which both names escape me right now. Again, it's late on a Monday night. I don't think they're doing that if they don't expect the roster spot to be open. And that could still happen from a from a transfer to one of those lower-tier guys. Maybe a surprise transfer from somewhere. Remember, none of us expected David DeJulius to transfer last year. So um, I think Franz will go. I don't. I just think that I, I think they're a mental break, especially for you know a kid like him, an international prospect. I, I think that maybe I just need to let it calm down for a bit. So um, we'll see. And Hunter Dickinson, I mean, the program says that Hunter Dickinson is weighing his options as well. So I want to throw that in there. I don't expect him to go pro, but it is something that's being discussed. So those are our Discord questions. I did have one from Twitter, and then we'll close on this. Sorry, it's going to take me a second to pull it up because, of course, the tab closed out on me. Stalling, 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 stalling. It's an NFL draft question. Uh, from, sorry guys, I'm having tech, tech issues on the air. Okay, this is from Zach Woodruff three. This is this is pertaining to the NFL draft, and I'll say I don't know if this is uh, I don't know if he's a fan of this team, but I'll answer the question anyways because like I said, we are doing. I'll give you the deets on the live stream here in a bit. So Zach asks, with no picks until the third round, and a rebuild looming. Where do you go as the GM of the Houston Texans? Whew, that I mean, they, they have eight picks. I looked this up. Nothing before the third round. I think their first pick is 87 overall. I don't know. I could be wrong there. I got to, again, poor research on my part. But you don't have a pick on in the first two rounds of the draft, and you're terrible, and who knows what's going on with Deshaun Watson. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I, I think that that franchise is about to reach some really ugly. I mean, it's all a mess right now. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins gone last year. JJ Watt gone now. Deion, or, um, Deshaun Watson. Who knows what's going on with his legal situation? Who knows if he plays football this year? Who knows if he plays football for them ever again? Whether by legal means or by being traded out of there. It's a mess right now, and you have a a youth pastor or, or a former team chaplain, whatever it is, running the team, which is an absolute joke. He kind of little-fingered his way to the top. The ownership, I think, is being held hostage like Richard Simmons. Uh, I have no idea what's going on there. I don't even know their head coach's name. Uh, couldn't even, I, Honestly, not even going to look it up because it's going to downplay the bit, but... Yeah, it's it's a mess. Um, you have eight picks. Here's what I subscribe to, and I'm a Lions fan. People know that. I feel this way about really any team. Uh, I covered the Minnesota Vikings for three years before I came on uh, to this site here, or full-time. And something that Rick Spielman, their general manager, was always big on was finding a way via whether it's trading players or or trading down in the draft to find, to get yourself to 10 picks. Because you get to 10 picks, I mean, 
they're they're one dollar. They're the scratch offs. They're they're pull tabs. They're the more the more lotto tickets you have, uh, the more chances you have to hit on those guys. Um, like I said, I know Nick Casario has um, the ties to New or you know the New England, the Patriot ways there now, so to speak. Um, that's a that's a disaster in its own right. But yeah, I don't know what the Texans are gonna have, are gonna do. I think that's gonna be a team that. I mean, look at all the teams in their division now. Indianapolis, who they'll go as far as Carson Wentz takes them, but with Chris Ballard and, and how he usually does in the draft, and they're going to be a factor. Jacksonville is about to have Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how this Urban Meyer thing is going to go. I tend to believe you're probably looking at like a 5-11 and season this year and like a 6-10 and next year. Then he retires and like the real coach comes in. Again, we'll see. Clip the tape two years from now. I might be cold taking myself here. I don't know if it's going to work out, but you know they have the picks and a ton of cap room. Um, the Titans. We'll see what happens without Arthur Smith there now. Ryan Tannehill uh, has played well, but we'll see how long that continues. But I, I expect them to be around for a bit because Derrick Henry's a beast, and I think Mike Vrabel's one of the four or five best coaches in the league right now. So. They're 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 in trouble. Um, not enough people are talking about. Well, no one's talking about the Texans because they're going to be a non-factor for a while. So I don't know what you do. Your your the future of your franchise kind of hinges on this Deshaun Watson thing. Um, I tend to believe that. I feel like if he's cleared of anything, if he gets moved, I kind of think it'll be next year now. But I don't know. This is. Uh, with what's going on with him, football should be the last thing on anyone's mind there. So those are all the questions. Thanks to everyone on Discord, on Twitter, who sent those in. Uh, I want to talk, uh, give you guys a little bit of insight into this draft stream that we'll be doing on Thursday night. It is on our YouTube channel at Maze and Brew. Uh, I believe the, the handle is Maze and Brew SBN on YouTube. But we will go live at 8 o'clock uh, when, the, when the draft starts. Myself... Luke Giardi will be with me, Steven Ostentowski, and we'll kind of have a, a rotating slot of guests throughout the night. I know Chris Castellani will be there, uh, a couple other people in the works. It will be for Chad Tuff. There will be uh, a link in the description to donate to them on our behalf. Um, other than that, like we're not going to, st- we're not streaming the draft. We're basically your second screen experience. So we'll be talking about the picks. It's basically just a hangout. Like we'll be. Um, if you want to mute Mel Kuyper and listen to what Chris Castellani thinks about the Detroit Lions pick or whatever, you know, we'll see. I think that could be a lot more fun than than Mel Kuyper and, and his pumpkin pie uh, obsession. But it, it should be a good time. Uh, we're excited to to work with the people over at Chad Tuff. We don't have a goal. We can't. You know, we don't have a goal to hit. Anything you can give out of the goodness of your heart, um, just come out, have fun. Uh, you can submit questions via Twitch and YouTube. Um, you know, we'll be chatting with you, putting your questions up on screen. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be there from eight to whenever the first round ends, which is usually around midnight. So, and I think YouTube gives us like a four-hour limit to be on anyway. So, uh, that should work out pretty well. Excited for it. Uh, pumped. Like I said, it's going to be me, Luke, and Stephen, and special guests throughout the night. Who knows who will pop in? Uh, so. That's going to be what's going on there. 
And that's going to close it out for us tonight. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Brew. Follow the website at Maze and Brew. And we're wherever you get our shows. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Please, 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 please spread the word. Like. Like us. Leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. Give us some good feedback. It helps us in the algorithm. Uh, we, you know, we love our other Michigan podcasts, too. But, you know, someone search, looks for a Michigan podcast, uh, like to bump us up in the algorithm a little bit. And that is helped by your feedback, your, your comments, all of that good stuff. So uh, definitely be able to do that. Check us out on the Discord page. Um, the link is pinned on our YouTube or on our, uh, our Twitter. God, there are so many freaking links. I'm losing my mind here. You know where to find us. Okay. You know where we're at. Um, definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, a lot of good stuff on there. Steven has been putting his freshman features up on there. A lot of stuff going on. So signing off from Maze and Brew HQ. Again, appreciate your guys' time and we will talk to you again soon.